Aloha, hi, hello, howdy, and welcome back to Cutting It Close with Cliff Bailey. I am always your host, Cliff Bailey. <laughs> uh, so it's been crazy. Um, uh, second year now at UH Manoa, the Academy of Creative Media. What am I getting around to saying before I start rambling? Uh, I'm going to reshift the focus, or I guess I could just say refocus, um, the, the point of the podcast uh, to focusing on filmmaking. I mean, I gotta be honest. I love movies. I love filmmaking. I love the classes I'm taking at uh, UH and uh, University of Hawaii, in case you didn't know. And I, I need a focus for myself to, to guide the decisions I make regarding the podcast. Uh, in terms of guests and whatnot. Like, it's not going to be strictly filmmaking. It's still going to be just interesting people, I think, would be good to have their stories told. But cutting it close, it's an editing reference. It really is. It always has been. I just was too scared to really commit to that and uh, commit to one thing. And so I'm, like, available to all things. But no, 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 no. I'm going to commit to filmmaking and then be friends with everything else. If that makes sense. Uh, relationship metaphor or analogy, whatever. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I've got a couple couple of productions in the can. Please check out my stuff. Um, we're going to, I'm going to also, this will help me also focus the Patreon and um, have some Indiegogo things coming up soon as well uh, for my own work. But that's not what you're here to talk about or listen to necessarily uh, right now. Today on the podcast, I uh, have the wonderful Dick Diamond. Uh, it's D-I-Q Diamond. He's a fellow who lives up in Kailua uh, here on Oahu. Um, big teddy bear of a dude. Um, just fantastic. A lot of fun. He's working on a web series passion project, uh, Potluck with Smooch. It is, what I've seen of it so far, it is amazing, and uh, I'm not sure when it's going to be released or how he's going to do it, but um, uh, keep your eyes on that. I believe it's potluckwithsmooch.com. You can check it out. Um, emphasis on the pot. <laughs> it's uh, it's a stoner show. Um, I'm, I'm, my bet is you're going to see this on, like, an, on Adult Swim. Um, sooner rather than later, unless some other network snatches him up. Um, but it's the, the footage I've seen, um, the, the, the polished edited stuff is fantastic. It is hilarious. It is nuts. And uh, that's kind of how the conversation went, too. It's, uh, I really enjoy speaking with Diamond. Um, I don't know if he's quite the mentor type, but he's definitely been a guiding force in helping me get on my feet in terms of building my confidence as a filmmaker and branching out and networking. He's, he's pushed to form a group that meets every so often uh, so far at his place, and it's just more local filmmakers wanting to get stuff done. Um, and I, I feel like the more groups of these, these community, of this, of this community that gets together like this, the better it's going to be for everyone. Like Hawaii Filmmaker Collective, we talked about that, is a wonderful thing. That was the jumping off point. That's how I got in touch with Diamond, as well as other folks I've had on previous episodes, such as Jaina, um, Kendrick, and uh, Marcelo. Uh, forget if there's anyone else, but uh, yeah. Uh, it's been great. It's been a crazy, busy, it was a ba- crazy, busy summer, and it's a crazy, busy fall. 
So uh, I don't actually have a second episode recorded yet. I have, I have, however, bumped into many people I would like to get on and uh, get on the podcast. Oh, dear God. Yeah, get your mind out of the gutter. Um, yeah. Um, oh, crap, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. If I am able to get someone, uh, then we'll have an episode next week. Otherwise, it's just going to be as they come. Um, if you, you know, if you want to keep track of this, just you know, go to your favorite pod catcher. Uh, I personally recommend iTunes, or if you have an Android phone, Podcast Addict, then you can use the iTunes search engine and subscribe through there. But if you subscribe, you'll catch every episode as they come out. Um, I am going to try to keep it on the regular, but I've got to focus my attention on the filmmaking. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I love talking to people, and I love hearing their stories and helping them get their stories out. But I've got work to do also. So, um, yeah. Uh, if you want to start throwing money at this thing, patreon.com slash media. It's going to be a lot more up there soon. Uh, not just the podcast, but my short films, uh, web series. I'm uh, going to start uh, a thing with um, Golem's Curse. Still, still working on that freaking film. Um and I've got a short film uh, production coming up here in about a month or so, so I'm really excited about that. But, um, yeah, I guess that's that's it for now. Uh, please enjoy the conversation with Diamond, and uh, we'll see you soon. How long, how long does it go for? How long do you need for? Um, however long we're... What do you, what, what, what's your goal? Like, What do you typically like to put them out? Half hour, forty five minute, an hour. Actually, the minimum has been about an hour, hour okay. and a half. Um, really? But so that, long, so that's long. not. It's not necessarily an expectation, or just something gotcha. that needs to be met. Just as long as the conversation is organic, you know. Cool. So that's all it is. Just conversation, whatever. Cool. Yeah. But yeah, what I was saying was, um, you bringing up. Um, Let's see, make sure that is going. Yeah. Now I'm asking, do you cut it? Are you able to get up and take a break and go to the bathroom or something like that? Oh yeah. yeah. Or, or it's not one yeah. live stream of consciousness you can stop recording. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Wasn't sure. You did. Cool. Uh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, no worries about like you know, language is a concern or anything. That's cool. Not That's awesome. Oh yeah. It's cool. Um. Yeah. Just just conversational. Uh, whatever happens, happens. Cool. <laughs> and uh, when we're when we're done, we're done. Cool. Yeah. I like it. Um, so yeah, you're saying uh, people who work on stuff versus people who make their own stuff. Um, that's been something that's kind of, I don't know, been like cognitive dissonance in my head is, um, you know, seeing that the, there's the valuable experience in doing that, but afraid of getting caught up in someone else's project and not getting around to doing my own stuff. And then there, you take so much time. When I worked on King Kong, it was three months. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a long chunk of time, right? Mm-hmm. So... And you and that during that time you think you're going to be able to come on, but you, when you're doing 12, 13 hour days on a show like that, yeah. you, you don't you don't have that time. And our in my show, we're, are we on right now? Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> in Pollock with Smooch, a show I'm working on now, um, our DP, he's he's also a gaffer, well known gaffer named Ted Tunney, and he he'll he'll kind of have to leave our project for like two, like he just worked on Inhumans for three, four months, mm-hmm. and pretty much missed almost an entire episode. We shot almost a whole episode, got a different guy to shoot the, the cooking scene, and mm-hmm. I was unfortunate because we missed Ted. Um, ChadThurman.com did a great job. A little punch there for you, Chad. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did a great job, but we definitely missed Ted on it, um, and it just it just worked out that way because of that that reason. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my dog. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that, to me, like I was telling you, I think, before we started, is, is 
when I worked on other things, I, in this business, there's a lot of guys who went into this thing, film, film business or television, wanting to make, create content, and they ended up just working on content, and yeah. that's what we were just talking about. Mm -hmm. And that, to me, is, and people do it for 30 years and not realize it, and then they're, you know, you know, this world has a lot of ageism in it. Yeah. <laughs> it just does. <laughs> um, and to me, it's just about creating your own content and creating your own opportunity. And that's why I love your podcast. I do. I, I think the concept of it is locally it's great, but, I mean, even when other actors or directors from out of state, I will come in. I'm trying to grab those guys. I think it's great. And yeah. I love creating your own opportunity. Stop waiting. Mm -hmm. yeah. Especially on Hawaii. It's not, it's doesn't, there aren't that many here. Yeah. 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 And one thing I've been hearing so much over and over again is there's no excuse to not do anything, you know? Uh, equipment is so cheap affordable now and it's uh, professional grade or passable at least easily yeah so yeah I just finally got that fire in my belly and I was like alright I'm gonna do it and doing it is the thing doing it and completing it I mean yes. I again my keeping myself plugged but Potluck with Smooch we um, we started almost, almost coming up to I guess a little over a year and a half ago no we have six in the can mm -hmm. we're almost done with, actually we're almost done with the sixth okay and I know so many guys in Hawaii who have started web series, I'm sure you do too, who shoot one, maybe even a part of an episode, or maybe one and a half, and then it just stops because to get the same actors to come around, to get the same crew to work on it, to get the same concept, it's a nightmare. Mm. It, it's, you know, think about, think about doing a 22-minute short film. You, when you think about people doing short films, they, they take four to five months, for sometimes longer. If you think about it, I know people that are working on a film they shot two years ago and still editing it and color correcting yeah. it. And so a series, uh, it, yeah, but like anything, you just got to create opportunity and you got to complete it. You mm -hmm. can't just think it's a good idea. You got to finish it, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So, um, so how did you get into, well, first, how did you get into filmmaking? Because you haven't been one your whole life. You said you're no, a special ed teacher. I was a spe well, before SPED, I was a, uh, um, I was a musician in L.A., actually in San Diego, and then we moved to L.A. and we did tours. Uh, we, were a, we were a band called Dick Diamond and the Family Jewels, kind of a funk performance piece band where I was very visual. I've always been a super uber-visual guy. My songs that I write are very visual. And our shows, I would bust out of paper mache eggs wearing diapers, and we, we were, I, you should see the video, it's crazy. I got these crazy, kind of like Parliament Funkadelic meets Prince meets, it was just crazy funk, crazy world, and... Then I, I kind of got practical, I guess. I still always wrote songs. We moved. I moved to Nashville. I wrote country western songs for a while. Got a couple small publishing deals and didn't do anything with it. Mm. So I've always been creative. But I, through the middle of that, I got my master's in education. Started became a teacher, and I ta did taught for like thirteen years. Dug it, but hated it uh, at the same time. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I feel like I'm rambling, but I guess this is no. a podcast. I'm yeah. supposed to. Um, uh, uh, the um, and then. Uh, um, uh, what happened was, was I was I I bought a surfboard. I live in Hawaii, and I bought a surfboard, and it was broken on the tip, and and I fixed it, but I did it with this stitching thing. It was a softboard. Okay. And I go, oh, this will work, just a passable board for friends who come into town. And my, I go took my friend. I go, look at this board. It looks like Frankenstein because it's stitching. Uh -huh. And he goes, Frankenstein. That looks like Plankenstein. And I laughed and went, <laughs> I'm making a movie. Uh -huh. A true story. I from there asked my wife. I went and I bought a bottle of Jim, Jim Beam whiskey and I went to the beach and two hours later I had written a full feature of Plankenstein. <laughs> True story. And I wrote it. I'd never written a script. I wrote it and said, you know what? I'm going to buy a camera and I actually bought the H4N recorder and I bought a crappy little Vixio water cam that shot HD and I shot the entire... I flew my sister over a couple weeks later. She's an actress. 
and we filmed everything in five days, a full feature in five days. I, I wanted to make a B movie. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't didn't think I'd ever get in the film. I was like, I'm gonna make a, I'm gonna make the greatest B movie of all time. <laughs> sure. And it's great. It's yeah. it's that bad. It's That's that great. Awesome. And it's about a surfboard that kills people. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's 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 who comes back to avenge the uh, the queen that was raped by. The king's brother. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So really, in there too. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought of Shakespeare and Frankenstein in the same sentence, but hey. close. So I had done that, and I guess I, you could say I got a little bit of the bug. And then I, I was still teaching during all that, and I was contacted by a friend from California, and uh, I don't know if you know who Ed Catmull is. He's one of the founders mm-hmm. of Pixar. There's three. Oh. There's Ed Catmull, John Lasseter, and Steve Jobs. Those mm-hmm. are the three who found Pixar. And uh, Ed, Cat- Ed Catmull is actually the guy who was the first guy who ever did the first 3D imaging ever on in a computer. Wow. If you look up his name, he did a hand. He made an image of his hand. Mm-hmm. So he owns that technology. So think of that. Think mm-hmm. of any time there's a 3D, he owns that chair, right? Jeez. And he was originally did it for um, medical purposes. He was at Berkeley. Okay. Uh, anyway, so John Lasser, who was an artist, got a hold of him. Anyway, that's their whole story. But what happened was is a friend who got a hold of me, and they were moving here, and they had a son. Uh, they had adopted a young uh, son about, I think, okay, he was in fifth grade. Mm-hmm. And they asked if I could be, they met with me and they wanted me to be a tutor. And I was like, I don't want a tutor because I was teaching. I don't, mm-hmm. It's like working on cars if you're a mechanic, right? Yeah. yeah. And we, um, so I ended up taking, <laughs> what happened was, was I didn't really want to do it. And so I sat down. They said, well, what would you need an hour? And I said, well, I'll need $80 an hour. And they went, okay. And I went, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Could have been so much more. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, well, I thought I didn't really want it, but I couldn't oh. turn down eighty oh. bucks an hour yeah. for tutoring two, uh, four hours a week. I was thinking that's great extra money. Uh-huh. So I started doing that, and it hit. The funny thing is, fucking the second week that I worked for them, I went and I got. She was writing my check, and she goes, "Now how much you owe you?" And I go, "It's eighty dollars an hour." And she goes, "You just got a raise. It's a lot easier to do the math with a hundred dollars an hour." <laughs> Isn't that great? So yeah, that's it, awesome. I know, I know. So I tutored him for about, actually I ended up kind of, kind of became his nanny. I called myself the nanny for a short period of time. Okay. And then they asked me if I would put together a homeschool for him for the next year. So I stopped teaching mm. and I put, they paid me an extremely large salary. It was crazy, dude. They lived in Glanikai and they were building a house here in Kailua as well. Okay. And I put together a homeschool of, his PE teacher was an Olympiad. Uh, it was crazy. It was the craziest job you could ever imagine. But because I had so much time, because I, I just taught math and then I had him in the evenings as a nanny, nanny kind of thing, mm-hmm. I went to school. I decided I'm going to do something with my time. And uh, LLC, the local community college here, has a television production program. Mm-hmm. And I thought it's a two-year program. I can do this for two years and get my AA in film and just see if I like it. And that's what I did. And, and, yeah. And, and I ended up quitting that job. It just kind of went weird though. Still friends with them, but just went, went to a weird place. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I was done there, I said to my wife, I said, you know what? I'm doing film going forward. I'm not going to go back to teaching. And we just decided that's it. And I haven't really. And I started shooting weddings for a while because I wanted to get really good at my camera. Mm-hmm. I hated it, but I wanted to get good at it. Mm-hmm. And I edited a bunch of weddings for different companies because I wanted to get good at editing. So I got my editing skills up very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... I've shot a couple commercials, done a couple local things like that with different people where I was doing light and stuff. And then I got a good break with, um, say, um, I, I, actually, I did a film called God is a Dog. I've heard of that, yeah. Yeah, and it, it's been in like 12 festivals so far. It was good. It was a good cool. short little film. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I got a call from Sandy Alisi Casting in California where they were casting uh, King Kong here. Uh-huh. And I'd known Sandy for years. And she said, would you like to help with the casting on King Kong? I said, well, yeah, I think I would. <laughs> yeah. And I ended up doing extras casting on that, the, the whole run here in Hawaii. But I also cast myself as John Goodman's stand-in. <laughs> well, we couldn't find anybody. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I was the only one that met the bill, right? Okay. 
So I was on set most 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 of the days because I was standing in as well as making phone calls for casting. So mm. yeah, it was a cool gig. Wow. So, and from there after that I met. God, I'm going long, but at King Kong I met Ted, who became my DP of the show I'm working on. I met Jeff Jewett, who became our who is now our first AD and one of our star actors. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it just kind of snowballed from there. It's kind of like this business is who you know and you, not like who you know in the sense of who can help you get to the top. Sure. I think it's more about the relationships you make and who and I'm learning that more and more I used to think it was the good director and the good producer is the one who gets the project done mm. and it's not the good director and the good producer is the well you gotta get it done but yeah. but it's also the one that makes people want to work with them again yeah <laughs> do you know what I mean yeah like you know because you're, you're involved in this stuff for like months if not years and right you want to be sure you can hang out with right them. right and, and you know right now we're doing deferred pay on Potluck with Smooch and you can't when you're not paying everybody straight up front, it's it's very difficult to get those kind of hours out of people, mm-hmm. and including myself. You know, I'm not getting paid anything right now. So, um, I, I I I just told my wife I was wasn't I was done fighting the left and the fight brain the mm-hmm. fight brain the left and the right brain issue. Okay. You know what I mean? Uh, no, no. I've, I, my whole life I've kind of been torn between being an artistic man and a practical man. Okay. The left and the right brain. The left brain is more practical. Right brain is more artistic. And right. I. And as a singer songwriter, I was always thinking about, well, I got you know paying the bills. You got to think of that stuff. But yeah. a lot of guys don't. And you don't give yourself a safety net, and they make it. That's what mm-hmm. Guns and Roses did, man. <laughs> they lived in their car, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not a fair. So that's where I'm at. That's what's. It's a long answer, but that's what got me into it. Basically, it started as just a fluke, making a B yeah. movie, uh-huh. and then just kind of a weird ride with some time and some moments where I thought this and that, and, and like I said, I from the since the beginning. I've learned, I, and I'm getting better. I'm not perfect. Mm-hmm. That I need to be. It's hard. It's hard to be likable all the time. <laughs> and, and no, no. And I say that because when when you're when you're producing something and directing it and acting it, which I am in Polly with Smooch, mm-hmm. there's so much going on mm-hmm. to be on a set and be like, oh, that's to be really really right. nice to everybody all the time. Not nice is the wrong word because mm-hmm. being nice is not hard. Mm-hmm. Attentive is probably the right oh, word. Okay. Right. And, and you want to be attentive to everybody that's on your set and working with you, but sometimes you're like. Like, oh, 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 just hold that thought. Yeah. I, 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 I can't forget this. Mm, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. You've worked on things. You do. <laughs> mm, mm. Wow. Um, so how long ago was that then, when Plankenstein was? Shit, Plankenstein was 2011. Okay, so six years. Yeah, it's been six. So, yeah, it's, again, not crazy. I believe, that's weird. It seems like 30. <laughs> but, yeah, it's only been six years, and, I, and I've... Uh, we, in, the, in the film program, we had originally taught Avid editing, mm. you know, editing Avid, mm-hmm. the, that work day and I hated it. it was a nightmare yeah. and I self-taught myself uh, Final Cut just because I just I had a leg up because of my music experience I know how to edit in mm. Pro Tools and, sure. and GarageBand any, any of those things so yeah. editing is editing mm-hmm. once you figure out where everything is it's not that big a deal yeah. the tricks of editing film or, or video are very different as far as knowing the rules you know mm-hmm. people entering scene and all that stuff and yeah. I, I kind of a lot of a lot of, a lot of tutorials yes Lots and lots and lots of tutorials. Absolutely. Absolutely. So how did you come up uh, with the idea of Potluck with Smooch? And why, like, what, what about that idea made you want to pursue it as this long-term project? Well, it's interesting. I came up with Potluck with Smooch about four or five years ago. I was camping with my family in California, in Redding, California, and I, 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 we were camping, and I, don't, I think we were drunk. Somebody had smoked some weed. I'm sure somebody had somewhere. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, and I kind of, I said, yeah, I have an idea for a show, Bitch in Kitchen. That's the true story. Uh-huh. And I went, oh, no. So I stuck the Bitch in Kitchen. I thought about a bunch of stoners trying to make a cooking show. Mm-hmm. 
I was like, that's great. Well, someone goes, well, there's already a show called Bitch and Kitchen. So I looked it up, and there was a show. This woman in New Jersey had a show called Bitch and Kitchen. Mm. Um, and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> and, but it wasn't about marijuana. It, was, it wasn't a marijuana edibles cooking show. It was right. just kind of an obnoxious, loud Jersey kind of. And she was actually, it was her own thing. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of canned it, and then a few years went by, and then I was at Sandy Alicia's house, speaking at her house. And okay. I was at her house again with my sister. Mm-hmm. Actually, we weren't there. I was in California at a different time. Mm-hmm. And I said to my sister, I'd like to shoot in Sandy's kitchen because she has this huge kitchen with a marble granite countertops and all stuff. And I said, and she rents it out for like $10,000 a day for some of their cooking shows. And I said, we can, we're going to go to Sandy's and we're going to shoot the opening scene because I, then I came up with the dang pollock with smooch. I changed it to pollock with smooch. Okay. And uh, just for years, just kind of toured around. So we shot the intro at Sandy's house mm-hmm. two years prior to ever even shooting the show. Mm-hmm. So the intro that you see on the show now was, is Sandy Lisa's kitchen ah. that, that we taught like a, shot like a year and a half earlier before ever. It was weird, right? Nice. So I shot that thinking it might get people interested and it did. Mm-hmm. I, I actually... That intro is what I showed Ted Tunney, and he's like, oh, my God, i got to work on this show. And I showed it to other people, and they're going to work on the show. And, mm-hmm. um, and that's, that's pretty much how it happened. And when I – yeah, that's exactly how it happened. And, oh. and, and, and then after King Kong, right after King Kong, I had met – I had worked on a short little a week-long USA X. It was, I was a PA on a, on a show that came through from L.A. about some guys, internet things, some okay. internet sensation dudes, two brothers. Mm-hmm. And Jana Moore, you know Jana Moore, you did, a, you did, one, oh, of your, yeah. you did one of your things with her. Mm-hmm. We met on that, on that shoot, mm-hmm. and we really liked each other. And I said, you know, we ought to do something together. So we met a couple weeks after, and we started t- throwing down the ideas that we had. She had some ideas, I had some ideas. Mm-hmm. And we landed. She let, we both really thought that Paula Gosmooch had legs. So she was fir- our first first AD uh-huh. in the beginning. She was at the first few meetings. Mm-hmm. And then... Probably about a month or two into it, month and a half into it, it was clear that she was just she her interests were she had other projects she was working on other sure. things, yeah. and and we just had a talk and I think she, we both just decided and she she was just overextended and so mm-hmm. she kind of went went her own way but from that point on I just knew that it was we just kind of kept it going yeah, yeah. yeah. By the way, for you viewers out or listeners out there, Polly with Smooch is yes, yeah, yeah. tell us <laughs> about Polly with Smooch. What are talking about? What it, is it? it is a show within a show style sitcom uh-huh. that, uh, that follows Smooch, a lovable kind of a Winnie the Pooh meets the dude esque kind of guy, and the Chronic <laughs> Crew, which is a crew of stoners. And they're tr- it's a show within a show, kind of like Tool Time. There, mm-hmm. There's a bunch of stoners trying to make a cooking show about marijuana edibles, and the. The charm of the show is you get to know the, the ensemble of cast. There's eight cast members, including Smooch. I play Smooch. And, but the, the real cool thing is that I like is we go to a different kook's house every week and we cook at their house. So the show takes on the feel and the personality of the person that we cook with. So every show has certain norms. We have a mini Bible, which is things that have to happen every show. We have a thing called Be Cools. Japapa, one of, uh, he's a... Uh, Pot, the pot pop poet. Uh, we have a brownie, an animated brownie that tells jokes. <laughs> but it, so those things happen every episode. But every episode looks very different because if we go to like Grego was a guy's house, we go to we cook in his garage because he lives in his mom's garage, and it just really cluttered and a big nightmare. Mm-hmm. Another time we go to cook with Madame Pousset and she's an S and M. Uh, therapist, yeah. and so we're cooking in her lair. <laughs> so 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 <laughs> so it takes on. The personality of the cook. Mm-hmm. So, and sometimes they're extreme, and sometimes they're just not supposed to be. Chill. They're supposed to be chill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, like, have you uh, have been any talks with anyone? Has anyone like 
What, what are your what's your vision for it? Do you want it to like go on to network or just strictly web series? I can see it. Like when we watched the footage the other night, like it reminded me of something I'd see on Adult Swim. That's what it's interesting you say that. I had a friend here this week. Well, actually, Jeff Jewett, our first AD, he had a friend here who's pretty well known camera guy in LA, and he has some pretty high context at Adult Swim. And so he watched a couple episodes. He's like, dude. You have a pitch deck ready. I'm going to go talk to the guy. So we'll see if that happens. You know, really? you know yeah. Amazing. But originally, I thought we were going to release it as a web series where there. But I formatted it to 22 minute sitcom mm-hmm. episode. Sure. So so we, either way, my mm-hmm. thought was web series. We would break it down to seven minute segments per episode. Mm-hmm. Release seven minutes one week, seven in the next. Okay. Seven, yeah, and that kind of thing. Nice. And then you could watch the whole episode if you want. Uh-huh. But. Because of the way the shows come together, I, I'm not sure yet. We may try to sell it as a, as a complete package and not release it just yet. Because okay. you're right, things like Adult Swim or Viceland, or you know the channel oh, yeah. Viceland uh-huh. or Comedy Central, the, 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 we're right there. Um, there's a lot of marijuana shows popping up on Viceland. They have Bon Appetit. Oh. Um, it's not a comedy show though. Bon Appetit is about the, it's, it's actually really well done, <laughs> but it's about this guy who goes to these different towns and cooks really rich good food infused with marijuana and it's, it's so marijuana based it's crazy mm-hmm. our show's more comedy based yeah. marijuana's kind of the catalyst that mm-hmm. kind of takes us there um, and just the the sense of humor the sensibilities especially um, I don't want to spoil it but the one where Smooch meets his revisits his mentor his marijuana mentor yeah Grojo totally <laughs> made me think of some some of the weirder episodes of Aquatine Hunger Force yes yeah <laughs> Just really out there. Yeah. Smooch gets smooch eats some bad mushrooms and not knowing he doesn't think of them as like he doesn't think of them as, you know, dosing mushrooms. He yeah. thinks he's eating like mushrooms, right? Uh-huh. And um and he goes on this bad trip and he his, he has find his marijuana mentor Grojo, he finds the camp that he used to go to as a boy. Uh-huh. And Grojo's this skeleton, but it's it's like this horb that animated and comes to life and Smooch is talking to him and they're cooking yes. together and it's fucking weird. It's really well done too. I mean of course it is. But we have a Robert um Robert from Zombie Five Productions, Robert McLean, he's our graphics guy. And he just does this you should see the the well you saw it. The yeah. work, the work that he does on Grojo, the mouth moving, yeah. the eyes blinking. It's kinda like Jack from uh A Nightmare oh. Before Christmas. Mm-hmm. That's what it reminds me of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah totally. And then Smooch makes these effigies out of coconut heads and <laughs> and, and, and bamboo uh-huh. that represent the crew because he loses his crew, the chronic crew. Yeah. And our graphics guy has put the heads of our crew on them and Smooch talks to them. Yes. It's just super stoic. It's amazing. <laughs> um, so, like, uh, with with the marijuana, drugs, all that, um, what are your thoughts on the current situation with it being... Is it legalized in Hawaii? Because I know there's dispensaries. I think it's legal for medicinal. The, 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 me, personally, I think it should be legal. I always have. Yeah. Even though I smoked pot for the first time, I think it was like five years ago, in my life. Really? For a musician, that's a rare thing, right? Oh, yeah. oh, oh, for, in my whole life. Well, <laughs> high school, I was a swimmer, made Olympic trials. I was pretty hardcore that way. Yeah. Then out of high school... I don't know why. For some reason, I ha- I just didn't. When I was a musician, I just didn't. I didn't. And about five years ago, I did it the first time. But I've always thought it should be legal. Yeah. That being said, mm. Paula with Smooch has zero political slant whatsoever. Oh, sure. It's, it's in the Bible. And when, mm. The Bible for sitcom is things that have to happen or can't happen. It's mm-hmm. called the mini Bible. Yeah. And we nothing political. We will never ever talk about medicinal marijuana mm-hmm. becoming. I mean, we might within a joke or a comp comedic thing, but we're not trying to push the agenda of marijuana. Mm-hmm. That that's not good or bad. It's not not that we don't think it should. Yeah. But that's not the purpose of our show. Right. Of course. The purpose of our show is comedic. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just curious what your thoughts are. Uh, my thoughts are. I just think it should be legal. I, yeah. I just think it's crazy that it's not mm-hmm. with alcohol being legal. Alcohol fucks with your body way more than pot. Yeah. Right. It does physiologically. It's mm-hmm. it's been proven. It's just a it's a wreck. Yeah. 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 Um. You mentioned once, and if you don't want to talk about this, let me know. Um, 
uh, taken magic mushrooms? I've never taken mushrooms. Oh, you never have? I've never oh, okay, had. maybe oh, no. think of someone else. I must have been someone else. I've never done, the only drugs I've ever done in my life are alcohol and pot. Okay. I've never done cocaine. I've never done, I, it's crazy. It's not because I'm Mr. Clean. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think it probably had to do with probably in high school because I was such an avid swimmer from five years up until like 20 or so. I was pretty hardcore. I mean, I was swimming 15,000 yards a day, 20,000 yards a day. It was crazy, right? Wow. And um, I, I think that helped. And I almost smoked when I started getting into teaching, but then I realized, because I was a sped teacher, but I didn't work with Down syndrome. Mm. Per- I, my, my, my specialty in sped was behavioral kids, like really wow. violent kids. Mm. And, um, and I loved being able to tell them that I had never done any drugs and mean it. Mm. There was a real difference between saying, because teachers would hate me hear me say this <laughs> I think it's okay to lie to kids when you're teaching I think it's okay to, if you'd smoke pot to say I've never smoked pot I think it's okay to say that I don't think they're not adults they don't have they, kids think oh he said he smoked it that means it's cool it's yeah. just different mm-hmm. I didn't have to lie yeah. when I taught I would just say I don't I just don't they're like yes you have so you were a musician I'd be like no I never did and I really meant it yeah um, and I felt that was powerful absolutely um, and I, I don't know why I, I just kind of stayed away from it hmm. My mom always wanted to smoke it with me. We always said we'd smoke it together for the first time. Uh-huh. And uh, she died. And before we, matter of fact, I would go visit her. She was sick with leukemia. Oh. And she'd go, did you bring any stuff, son? <laughs> and I kind of held on to it. I said, no, mom, I didn't. And I didn't want to, I liked being able to say I hadn't smoked it. So sure. I, that's one of my regrets is not smoking with my mom. I have smoked on her grave. <laughs> hey, I'll never. I did, I did. Totally, I did. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. yeah, my first experience, um, I was, 21? No, maybe not 21 yet. Um, no, yeah. I was in college. Towards the end of college, first time. And I was working at a movie theater uh, back in uh, North Carolina. And I was in the projection booth. And I just have a general um, calm, cool, mellow demeanor. And at the time, I, I've always been a little bit of a pyro, so I was carrying a lighter and just like, you know, randomly flicking it on and off. Not like lighting anything on fire okay, or anything. Gotcha. But the, my coworkers noticed my lighter, they noticed my chill demeanor, and they all assumed I was a stoner. <laughs> and when they finally asked me about it one day, I was like, no, I've never smoked it in my life. They're like, what? You never done it, blah, blah, blah. We're going to get you high. And uh, I'm like, okay. And so, uh, That's funny. Was when, um, the Planet of the Apes remake, Tim Burton, uh, was coming out. Uh, we were previewing it the night before release, and so the guy took me up on the roof and gave me a little <laughs> thing, not a bowl, um, but just like this little metal thing, very short and stout, just put, the, put it in the top, smoke it, and I didn't feel anything at the time, and then uh, right before we started the film, uh, we went downstairs and some dudes were out back smoking cigarettes, and then one of the managers pulled out this like really nice bowl. And, You're like, uh, everybody is smoking. I was like, yeah, like, what the hell? <laughs> they, uh, they were passing around, and the, the one, one of my projection buddies was like, yeah, Cliff just smoked his first time tonight. And the dude was like, oh, hey, well, you finish it off then. I'm like, okay. <laughs> but I remember not really feeling anything the first time. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, the second time was uh, at a party, and, uh, like, this guy had made this really elaborate four spouted bong and so uh, stoners need to put their energy into something else because they spend so much time on they can save planet anyway go ahead Um, so I tried that but that was also the first time I ever got drunk uh, that night Oh, you don't know what the hell happened in your head that night pretty much it was very strange Uh, was I I stoned I don't know I remember it was fun I didn't get sick didn't throw up or anything and 
next morning I made it home okay and then slept the rest of the night and then finally the third time I smoked it I finally finally got high um, was with some guys I was working at an ice cream store with this is a couple years later and we had to do like an overnight operation of cleaning it was a cold stone and so (laughs) we had to like actually clean the stone which apparently is an annual event and um and it like, takes a long time to do it, and so after it, we so all... So it's something back. you might want to be stoned for, <laughs> <laughs> cleaning a stone. Well, exactly. <laughs> hey! Um, it was after they, they all came back to my place and crashed, and we had some, like, we burned some pizzas and smoked, lit, lit up, and as the first, finally I got high, and I was enjoying it, but one of the guys was getting concerned because we were on my back porch, and we were in an apartment complex, and so it was like, dude, everyone's going to hear, so we totally killed the buzz. And everything was different there. Now it's, it's, it's just different. Yeah. I, I, it's weird because like like you said, people are like you never smoke pot. It was the same thing. I think my whole earlier life, I had so many friends who were like, dude, you got to get you high. It's like I'm not gonna smoke pot with you, dude. This is not gonna happen. Mm. Um, it, it wasn't because I was so against it. You know, yeah. I, I, again, I, I'm I, like I say, I do a show with pot as the catalyst, mm-hmm. and I do smoke, mm-hmm. but I don't. I'm not. I'm not a real advocate for. I, I, to me. It should be legal. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But I'm not a pot guy. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, people come in and say, do you know what this is? And it's funny because we do this show around yeah. pot. And I'll be, they'll ask me, do you know what this thing is? Like, you just mentioned a little thing. I'm like, uh, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know what that is. What, okay. what is that? And someone will say, hey, do you want to get a blunt? I'll be like, well, what's a blunt? Can you explain that to me? <laughs> so I really don't know much about the which is yeah. probably, sorry to my audience. <laughs> Smooch does, I don't. Yes. <laughs> it's a character. Exactly. Smooch knows all about it. Yes. Dick Diamond does not. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so when I was growing up, the reason I didn't do it was uh, I was growing up in the church, Christian, and it was, you know, drugs are evil. Uh, and yours was just you were athletic, sports, yeah. and then integ- a matter of integrity when you... Yeah, yeah, uh, I, th- I think so. Teacher. Yeah, I think, I think that was kind of it. No, integrity is maybe not the right word, but ju- just a sense of... Those man's those behavioral kids when they when they they can see right through you, man. Yeah, they, yeah. they know when you're lying. <laughs> yeah, and I, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, well, that's interesting. My wife's a sped teacher, also. I, I think I knew that, uh, or maybe I didn't. That's awesome. What did she teach? Uh, can first grade? Yeah, first grade. I think first or second grade. I don't remember. She's uh, at a new school this year, uh, Helamano. Um, oh, out near or on the way, just best walking. Does she teach SF, FSC? Like fully no. fully maintained or uh, does not teach out? FSC? Uh, pull a resource So she's a resource room. Yeah. yeah, yeah, cool. yeah. Uh, so. I did that here. I did that at Kaido L. Oh, cool. resource here. But, but the, the haunts, the haunt of the expertise, I say expertise, but my experience with, I taught in Nashville for a while. I taught some pretty rough kids. I taught, mm. I remember, I won't, Joe, I won't say his last name, but sure. uh, f- fifth grader with six, six, count them, armed robbery, Grand Theft Auto armed oh, robbery. Um, but these were rough kids. Yeah. So when I came to Hawaii and they were like, oh, you know what you're t- they would throw all the rough. Now, I'm, the rough kids in Hawaii say please and thank you. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> this is your roughest? Yeah. Uh, but but uh, Hawaii, I, the problem, I, I don't want to get too much on teaching, but my right. issue, and I'm sure your wife would probably concur, is, is that Hawaii, uh, other places, they will take self, they'll, they'll take the behavioral kids. And here they kind of mix everybody together. Mm. And I find that to be destructive because you'll get a kid who's a behavioral kid but a very smart kid mm. in a classroom with a Down syndrome kid mm-hmm. and they're going to manipulate them and they're, they're going to own it and that's mm-hmm. it made it very difficult for me to teach her yeah yeah, yeah. I, didn't, yeah. I didn't like it yeah it seems like uh, at least well and I love Hawaii and I love and I love I, like I said I love the students yeah. so for me it was just the setup in Hawaii schools I didn't like mm-hmm. so much yeah, yeah. I don't know if you ran into this but um, just you know through what my wife describes to me like DOE schools tend to be a little 
better about handling sped kids, but she also has taught, uh, has some experience with charter schools and found that charter schools, it's yeah. a little uppity. Well, we can't, de- almost of, like we can't deal with him here, kind of a snow. Pretty much, so, yeah. 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 And, and the yeah. whole sped She's department right. was getting a, like a, what's a, a raw deal. Well, they think because they're a charter school, they're a private school, and they can mm-hmm. say no to people, and you, you can't. I mean, yeah. it's still a public school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. Uh, <coughs> well, don't want to get too far into that. Yeah. Uh, where did you grow up, then? Grew up in California. Okay. A little town called Simi, Simi Valley. It's mm-hmm. in Ventura County, but it's really L.A. It's like right it's right over the hill from Sacramento Valley, so okay. I'm 30, 30 minute drive, mm-hmm. if that, to downtown Hollywood, so. Hollywood, so. Oh, cool. Um, and about 30 minute drive to the beach so it's yeah. kind, of like, kind of right there nice. um, born there raised born raised there my dad still lives in the house we grew up in oh wow um, uh, I go back there often to visit him mm-hmm. um, yeah I, I don't I, Simi Valley was a good place to grow up I don't love it so much now yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and that's uh, you went to school out of there went to uh, school there college, college I, 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 it's weird I actually went all over the place because I, I when I moved to San Diego I t- would take uh, I, I did well before San Diego I did missionary work in South America. I worked oh. uh, with a priest for a year. That's where I learned Spanish. Okay. But then I worked with another, did missionary work again in Philadelphia for a year with a group called the Sisters of Mercy. It's kind of like the Peace Corps, but mm-hmm. to the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. Um, and through all that, except for Ecuador, of course, mm-hmm. in, like in Philadelphia, I took a couple classes at a community college. Mm-hmm. When I moved to San Diego and started my band, Dictate Family Jewels, I kept taking classes like one a semester. Ultimately, when I moved to Port, I did. I worked for Club Med for a while as a lifeguard. So I've done a lot of weird shit. <laughs> I worked at Club Med for, which was a crazy job. Huh. After Club Med, I moved to Fl- Portland, Oregon, where my brother lives. And I thought, you know what? Maybe I'll get a degree. Maybe I should do something real with my life. And at this point, I think I was like 27, okay. 26, 27. And I brought in all my transcripts, and they're like, "Oh, you come in as a junior." And I was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize I'd taken that many classes right. and all the right ones because typically shit doesn't transfer. You're sure. like, "You're like, wait, I was like, wait, what?" And so I, I was like, "Okay, I can do this." Because I oh, two years, so uh-huh. I, I took a fast track, got that in a year and a half. Nice. Got a bachelor's in psychology, and then I went on to get my master's in education because I wanted my summers off. Yes. <laughs> and uh, and I taught, got a master's in education. I ended up teaching in Nashville. I actually, I'm sorry. Right out of Portland, Oregon, when I graduated with my master's, I applied to two places. I applied to Florida and Hawaii, and Hawaii hired me immediately because they just needed the bodies. Sure. Uh, and I came here, and I, I worked taught here for a year, and then I moved to Nashville. Mm. Um, uh, and in Nashville, I taught, lived there for a year. Mm-hmm. There's how much I moved around a lot. Yeah. And I taught there, but I was a songwriter there. Didn't do so well. Didn't do much. Then I moved to Silicon Valley, where I got a job in with Verisign. Oh, you're there. There. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. They uh, do the security uh, locks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a cell. Yeah. Don't ask me how I got that job. <laughs> didn't know anything about computers. I didn't even have an email account. I went to the interview. A friend of mine got me this interview. I, it was great money. It was like 120 thousand dollars a year plus commission. Uh-huh. And I got through this interview. Like I said, yeah, yeah, sure. And I did, I didn't have an email account. I didn't even know what it was, <laughs> right? And uh, I worked there. Uh, I met my wife. Not my wife then, but obviously met her at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I just, I, I got fired from there <laughs> for obvious reasons. Yeah. I know what the fuck I was doing <laughs> after a little less than a year. Uh-huh. And then I, we moved, my wife and I moved, we weren't engaged yet, but we moved back to Nashville. And okay. then we bought a house in Nashville and we wow. lived there for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And then we moved back to the Silicon Valley where I started teaching again. Mm-hmm. And then we bought a house in Hawaii 
and we were renting it out and said, I said, you know what, let's go move to Hawaii. We don't want to live where, I don't want to retire. Mm. I want to live where I want to retire. Yeah. Because, you know, a lot of people, like, they moved to Florida to retire, mm -hmm. but then you got to meet friends again and start yeah. all over again. Why wouldn't you live where you're going to retire? Because then when you retired, you already have your crew. Absolutely. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. I don't understand the whole, I'm going to move to Florida when I retire. Why mm. wouldn't you go there now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's why we're here. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, i You need some more of that? Uh, nah, that's okay. Wow, For so the listening audience, we just toasted and took a sip of water. Well, yes. Cliff did, and he's a little out. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you don't let the grass grow under your feet. I didn't forever. As a matter of fact, until I met my wife, mm. matter of fact, even up until we moved here, mm. I have, when I was from out of high school, not counting the missionary work and stuff because I was stuck in places, mm -hmm. I moved on an average of twice a year. Okay. Uh, twice a year. Sometimes in the same town. When <laughs> I say an average, there was a couple of years where I moved like four or five times. Wow. I, I just... And then we moved here, my wife said, she said, now we're not moving for a while, right? And I said, I think so. <laughs> yeah. So you own this place? Yeah. Very yeah. nice. Yeah. Wow. The downstairs is a rental. It pays, okay. for, it pays for half of the mortgage. That's great. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, similarly, I also moved around a lot once I got out of school the first time. I knew that's why I loved you. You're, you're, you're a roamer like me, aren't we? We're um, roamers. Mostly in the same area, though. Like, Well, there's like three, four cities uh, Comprising the Triangle in North Carolina, Raleigh, Durham, Chapel Hill, and at first you made the route. Kind of. I never moved in. Lived in Chapel Hill actually, but uh, like started in Cary, uh, stayed in the same apartment complex for a couple of years, but switched apartments uh, after at least got a roommate. Then moved out to Durham. Then moved up to Northern Durham, like way out in the boonies, and then um, moved back into Raleigh when I went back to school uh, for a teaching license. Um, I taught high school English for uh, one semester. I did not. I, really? So yeah. you have a license? That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. We, like, and you know what? You can just tell. There's a certain caringness that we have, yes. but we still hate the system. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so then from there I moved to Columbus, Ohio um, in pursuit of romance. I love everything about this. And then that didn't work out, and I didn't know what to do, and so then I moved to uh, Great Lakes, a.k.a. boot camp for the Navy. A.k.a. <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, and then from there, Maryland for some training, and then out here. And uh, once I, I, I also, well, no, you didn't say you had a previous, no, you didn't have a previous marriage, just to nope. your wife, yeah. yeah. Um, I did have a, a brief previous marriage uh, to another sailor, and that didn't work out, but uh, I was able to get off base, at least, and lived up in Pearl City. And then uh, shortly after that, met my wife, my now wife, mm -hmm. and we've lived in uh, Moili Ely. We've lived in Manoa, and now we live in Iea, <laughs> which I think will be for a while because we have a really great uh, uh, arrangement. Nice. Uh, the landlord is her hairdresser, actually. Her family's, like, hairstylist, barber, whatever, mm -hmm. uh, for these many years, and they have an awesome downstairs, and we've been there since April. Oh, that's awesome. And we'll be there at least a couple, three, maybe four years. We'll see how it all works out. That's awesome, brother. Yeah. That's killer. Thanks. That's awesome. So, yeah, I've definitely got the roaming spirit. You really do. I love it. You've been <laughs> a lot. You rival me. Yeah. <laughs> um, at the same time, though, I eventually want to be able to, like, put down roots. Yeah. Because, um, like, when I was growing up, I lived in the same house for 10 years. Then we moved to Arkansas for a year. Then moved back to North Carolina for a couple of years. Then moved to Georgia for half a year. And then moved back to North Carolina and stayed. Um and you don't want to do that to your daughter? You want to be more solid in one son. spot? Oh, son, I'm okay. sorry. Okay. I meant son. Yeah, no but you, you, want, you want to stay in one location more? I'd like to. Uh, it was great for me. We grew. I grew up in one house. And yeah. like I said, my dad is still yeah. in a house that I grew up in, That's which awesome. is crazy. Yeah, and I, there is something about it. I got to tell you, you're right. It's just kind of this mm -hmm. walk. Yeah, and, yeah. Like in, and like as I get older, I just see how life 
becomes more and more transient and transitory and would like to have at least a little foundation for my son. I mean, if it can't be a place, then at least, you know, it'll be between his mother and I. Uh, yeah, not clearly. You guys so. are good parents. You guys, if you don't look at Cliff's stuff online, you should. It's funny, it's funny <laughs> as hell. Well, Pictures it, of the sun is great. The whole thing about editing what you put on Instagram is true. It's not all fun and stuff, but it is great. Like, you know, there are some, well, don't need to get, well, there are times when I'm like, be quiet, Stormy. Like, <laughs> anyway, oh my God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, so we're still co-sleeping with him, um, because, just because we are. And, uh... Co-sleeping? I've never heard co-sleeping. Because I think it's weird to say, I'm sleeping with my baby. I, <laughs> or our baby On the nose, I can tell you. I sleep with my baby. Because <laughs> at first, I thought the same thing when, when Jen mentioned it. And I was like, what's wrong with just saying we sleep with our baby? Oh. Oh. <laughs> that is fucking funny. Um, it's like the yesterday, yesterday morning. Um, you know, he sleeps in the middle and he kind of takes up all the space he takes up. And, uh... Like, he, like, my elbow was on the bed, and he, like, had reached his little hand underneath my elbow and just started scratching the crap out of it. Out of your elbow? Out of my elbow. <laughs> yeah. And so, at first, like, I just moved it, and then he found it again, and just started, and he was asleep, you know, so he's doing it in his sleep, I think. Um, and so, I tried to put the pillow down, and, like, dug underneath the pillow and found it again. <laughs> and finally, I'm just like, stop it! And, but he was asleep. <laughs> And we've con- like I don't know how it happened, but he's conditioned to like this voice, Stormer. Like that makes him laugh. He loves that voice. So, <laughs> Did he laugh in his sleep? No, he didn't. Oh, laugh that would be great. Yeah. Um, but uh, actually, um, you know, you know, chase him and stuff. He's like, Stormer, I'm gonna get you. And he giggles at that. Yeah, he giggles, he giggles, and then we're, we caught the end of the never-ending story. Kind of funny phrase. The end of the never-ending story. <laughs> the film. That is funny. <laughs> <laughs> and it's where Atreyu is uh, confronting the wolf, and you know, like. Most kids see that as scary, and you know the big, dark, glowing eyes oh, yeah. and, oh, yeah. and all that stuff. And instead, when the wolf was talking, you know, oh, get it you was doing your voice. Stormy started <laughs> laughing his butt off. We're like, oh my goodness, what's going on? He's gonna go see Freddy Krueger and laugh. Exactly. He's gonna go. This is the funniest movie I ever seen. <laughs> yeah. You guys, the best comedy of all time is Friday the Thirteenth. <laughs> Wait, was he in Friday the Thirteenth? The Chainsaw Massacre. Freddy? Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. See? Look how... Yeah. I'm going to tell you how much I know about horror films. That's obviously not my genre. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. So, you know, it's... You're, ta- you're taking your three-year-old to see Nightmare on Elm Street? <laughs> no, he thinks it's a comedy. Yes. It's a cartoon <laughs> That's pretty freaking funny. <laughs> yeah. So, saying all that to say... Try to keep a household full of laughter, but there are times where we all grouch at each other. Well, I just think that's life, though. You, you know, can't yeah. beat yourself up over that. You're not a bad dad if you have moments where it's you want to kill yourself. You can't love him every minute. No, I'm <laughs> yeah. sorry. You can no. love him every minute. You yeah. can't like him every minute. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah overall, he's great. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I see that bag. I forgot. You went to VidCon. I did. What was VidCon like? You went uh, you this go, year. Yeah. Oh, this year. You didn't go with Jeff. Yeah. Oh, you did go. I did. Okay. okay. Well, I didn't go with him. We we went with a group. We we uh, uh, Jeff and I. Did you do a podcast with Jeff? Yes. Yeah. Jeff and I were in a group. uh, The Hawaii Film Club. No. The um, Creative Creative Lab Hawaii. Yes. I should know the name. I just finished that. <laughs> so it's a year-long mentorship program, and we were in it together. Mm-hmm. Uh, our projects, we, we have different projects, mm-hmm. and um, and the co- the end of the year ends with uh, a couple projects being selected to go to VidCon. It was great. They paid for everything. They paid airfare, hotel, and everything it was nice. Um, it was good. I, it was kind of what I expected. I, I was a little. I was kind of hoping for some open pitch sessions or try to try to be, get get some FaceTime with people. It really is uh, 
And I, which doesn't mean it wasn't good. It was just my anticipation was a little different. It, but it was just a lot of works, not just, but it was a lot of workshops. Um, and I learned a shitload. Mm-hmm. I learned that that's which made me, it almost gave me more questions than answers. And so it's changed. Like I told you, I was originally going to release it as this web series. Right. I, I've, our show is different than, we're not influencers. Mm-hmm. My, my show, you know what an influencer is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And for, for, an influencer is. Somebody on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram that that gets a shitload of followers, yeah. and then they call them influencers because a brand will come to them and say, "Hey, let's say it's somebody, a woman who." Uh, <laughs> it, it, well, I'm just saying because there's a lot of love be- my Flortex bikini. Well, no, there, no, no, there, there's a there, like <laughs> there's a lot of women that do. Juice cup. <laughs> totally, exactly. Right. But, but there's a lot of women that do um, beauty tips. A lot. Oh, of, sure, there's a sure, lot sure. of those, mm-hmm. and they're called influencers because they've been doing this for a while and they got followers. So then a, ba- a brand like Lancome will say, "Hey." We'll pay you to use our, our thing. And so they're influencing the audience to use Lancome. That's why they call them influencers. Yeah. We're not those guys. Yeah. And so advertising. They're advertisers. They're advertising. Well, it really is product placement. And, yeah. and they're calling it different. Now they call it branded content. Sure. And branded content is... Uh, so an influencer might... Now, that's just somebody that does makeup. Mm-hmm. But but really are like... There's a guy. I met him there. Mm-hmm. Who he's, he has something like 40 million hits. He's the guy you may have seen him. His grandma shooting basketball hoops. Mm-hmm. And so and he gets his grandma in these scenarios and she says things. Uh-huh. He has like 40 million hits. And, I, and and he's an influencer now because of that. So sure. brands come to him and pay him quite a bit of money to, in the skits with his grandma, uh-huh. somehow import their product. Yeah. Still product placement, right? Sure. But... We're just, and I thought that, and to to be an influencer, you got to what I've learned from VidCon is, not only do your posts have to be to be consistent, mm. but they need to be on a regular basis. So like once a week, twice a week, yeah. all the time. Sure. And if you miss once one week, you could lose followers, Jeez. right? So that's yeah. the thing. And we're just not those guys. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't, and and I don't want to. I hope I'm not putting down anybody in the audience, but I don't well, really sure. find that artistic. And I'm not a real artsy fartsy guy, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't really find it artistic to just film my grandma playing basketball. To yeah. me, there's it, it, you can say it is because you're a photographer and you you thought of the moment to film it, so I get that. Mm-hmm. But that's just not where I roll. Right. I, I, I like creative content, whether it's even documentaries. I love that stuff. Mm-hmm. But to me, it's it's thoughtful and um, th- that's just kind of the way I like to create. Yeah. And so I don't. I, I can't imagine. <laughs> Smooch, which is my character in Potluck with Smooch, mm-hmm. having to do one or two short little things with his phone, holding it up, going like this, going, hey, here I am at the beach. Yeah. Oh, what is that crazy? Try, just trying to be funny. Yeah. I'm not that guy. Right. I'm not a funny guy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I try to be funny, I'm just not funny. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. just not. I have to write things to be funny. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean. But I also, I, I should say here, I don't want to be an actor either. I'm mm-hmm. a dir- writer, director, period. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Polly with Smooch, the reason why I'm playing Smooch is a pure function of practicality for me. When I, I had originally thought I would cast a younger, better looking guy, skinnier dude. Mm-hmm. Not, no, skinnier is not the right term. I wanted him to be kind of big like me. Because mm-hmm. to our audience, I'm a big fat guy. Well, I'm not fat. I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm not fat. I'm fine. Perfect. Um, but, but, but ultimately, it, it hit me. I, if I was going to do a series that I was going to make work, yeah. I have to be able to rely on the lead. Mm-hmm. And Hawaii's just too transient. Yeah. Too many people come and go, mm-hmm. and the acting world is too transient. Yeah. So um, I, I just realized that I have to be smooch. Mm-hmm. And it's worked out. I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty good smooch, because Polly with smooch is kind of like a Seinfeld thing, where I'm, I'm Seinfeld. My character, smooch, is the straight man. Yeah. And I respond to all of the craziness like, that goes on around me. Where, you know, Jeff Jewett is kind of like our Kramer. Let's yeah. just put it there. <laughs> uh, Sally Davis, uh, she's Jeff Jewett's mom in the show. Her, yeah. her character is Miss um, right, right Anderson. Um, she's kind of 
the, the she she's just it, it's an ensemble and mm-hmm. Smooch responds to them. Mm-hmm. So it works for me because I'm not a super funny guy. Yeah. Um, but that's that's the formula I think, mm-hmm. and that's that's the kind of way I ought to be. So I don't know how that translates. I, it doesn't really translate to us being influencers, so to speak. That doesn't mean we can't get branded content or, or brands that come to us, and we're looking at that now. Mm-hmm. Um, but we need to have a product to get out there first, mm-hmm. yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm similar. Like, I, I react better uh, to things yeah. as opposed to coming up with something original. Like, if I do come up with something original, then it has to, like, I've written out, orchestrated thing. Like, right. okay, what is the scenario, and how can I have this character react to it? Yes. Kind of thing. Yeah, exactly right. I think I'm funny in conversation. Not that I'm funny in this conversation, but I think I'm a, a fun guy to hang out with in that respect. But I think to be comedic and have that kind of timing it takes a different kind of thing. That's like a Jeff Jewett. That's like Jim. I put Jeff Jewett up there. I think he's, by the way, you'll hear me say this. I think he's one of the, if not the best actor on the island. I, he's he's like a Jim. He's a new. He's like a Jim Carrey or a Will Ferrell in the sense that he's his own weird entity. And what he does is so unique to him mm-hmm. that he's gonna he, someone's he's gonna be discovered. He's gonna just blow up. I, I think so. I, yeah. I think he's so, and he's committed. He's great. Well, I, he had that thing on Hawaii Five O, right? Where he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. He did the boat thing and, and it, the, all that stuff. There's a the, the scene at the opening of Hawaii Five O where he's in this boat and he's getting flooded in, mm-hmm. and he sees the Coast Guard coming. He's, Look, it's the Coast Guard. He does this giggle. That wasn't in the script, and he does that, and that was the stuff that blew the, the guys' minds because he's in the moment. He, yeah, he's just he's just a really convincing believable actor because he kind of lets it involve and he kind of the character envelops him mm-hmm. yeah that's awesome yeah I'm a big Jeff Jewett fan can you tell yeah <laughs> uh, you should get him on your show to talk absolutely he, yeah, yeah, no, not okay. just from the acting perspective but from he's, he's first AD'd this show mm-hmm. probably with Smooch for a while now and he, he knows and he does casting on our show so mm-hmm. he, he he just knows a lot about the business and he's he's, he's worked as a stand-in on a lot of shows mm-hmm. from King Kong to Inhumans to Five O. He works on Five O on probably once or twice a week, typically nice. standing in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's how he got that part because they loved working with him. He goes, hey, we're circling the conversation back. Yep. It comes back to being wanting people to want you back on set because you mm-hmm. spend a lot of time with people on set. Mm-hmm. And he goes on set on, on Five O, and he's funny and he's silly, and he knows where to be and how not to be. He knows the etiquette, mm-hmm. but he also interject in, in, kind of injects himself mm-hmm. in a way that. Isn't intrusive, yeah. but not in a, but, but he doesn't not. If you don't do anything, mm-hmm. you wasted the day. Right. You got to get out there and meet people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you know absolutely. I mean? absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, that's why um, uh, what is it? Uh, kindness and gratitude. Bingo. Are so vital. Hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. And I find sometimes I, I, I you get wrapped up in this stuff. You forget that in the moment. Yeah, you, know, you do, and that's yeah. that's something I'm working on. Is is you know, mm-hmm. like I said, I think when I started this, I thought that the the producer and the director and the writer that people looked up to or mm-hmm. thought were good writer and directors were the ones that got the job done. It's yeah. not. It's it's you yes, that has to be done and the, the, the writing has to be good, but it's 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 just that the way you treat people. Mm-hmm. It really is. It's quite it's weird. I don't know why I didn't think that translated, because that's mm-hmm. the way I've lived my life as a teacher and everything else, right? Sure. But for some reason I thought, nope, this film business is getting it done and I was not that I was a dick or anything, right. but but I I've learned a lot, I think, yeah. Right. And, and when you're doing too many, wearing too many hats, yes. it's hard to be pleasant all the time. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Sometimes you're just like. <laughs> <laughs> but I think you know. I think that's 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 fine if you can 
circle back around at some point and just be Good like, night, guys. hey guys, I am so sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what was going on. Yeah. I love you. Let's go mix some more. Ice. And you do, you do. I never, I never, I don't can't remember a time I yelled at somebody on set. I'm not yeah. that guy. Mm-hmm. But you, you'll see frustration sometimes. It'll be like, uh, like, like, you know, you'll have an actor who will just start talking to you about, hey, so, uh-huh. so when you bought your house, and you kind of go, whoa, 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 this isn't the time for that. Hold right. on, and, you, and and that is the stuff I'm talking about, like Jeff Jewett knowing, like like when he's on a bigger set, he knows not to ask those questions. Mm-hmm. You say that to the wrong person at the wrong time, it could really, yeah, it, I don't, just it's just the creative process, you mm-hmm. know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Like my wife and I have a really cool understanding where it took a while to get there. She'll <laughs> la- she'll laugh at that, yeah. um, but. If if I'm writing, I'll just say, hey, I'm writing, and she won't interrupt me. So if I'm editing, she'll walk in and interrupt me or this, that. But if I'm writing and she sees the script on the, on the computer, I, 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 if you say, hey, Diamond, I, <laughs> I'll do that. I'll go, what? Yeah. And I'll go, well, yeah, okay, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. Because then I do, then everything that was in my head is now gone. And yeah. it takes an hour sometimes. Sometimes it's gone. To get back in the Yeah, space. yeah, yeah, yeah. If yeah. you can. Yeah. If you can. Yeah, yeah. You know, you write. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What are you writing these days? Oh, shucks. Um, I've got one screenplay. I want. I, I, I started, but it's been a while since. Short I've been or a feature? A uh, short. Right on. Um, we've like a couple months ago, I guess. Now we found a baby bird that was dying in our backyard, mm-hmm. and so we scooped it up and took it to the Humane Society and nice. uh, developing something like that. Because I had a similar experience when I was a kid where I found a baby bird that was dying in our front yard at home and my dad took care of it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, he was, he was, you know, tried to be kind and understanding to me because yeah. I was, I'm a sensitive soul. Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Though I seem thick-skinned. No, you seem sincere to me <laughs> no, in a good way. Like, it's why I love you. Nah, it's true. It's why I love it's, like, you. It's the sensitive souls. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and like so, when this was happening a couple months ago, I had a flashback. I was like, "Oh my god, we got to save this bird!" And so I've started as it was unfolding. Like I was kind of in this space where it was like my emotions were back to when I was like five or six years old, but I'm thirty six at the time. I was thirty six, and so you know the emotions are valid, but I'm a grown man. What do I do? And I know, you know, about life and death and natural selection and this is a wild animal and whatever, but it's just this big jumble of blah at the moment. So as, as I was trying to process it in the, in the moment, um, you know, dragging my wife along in our, in Stormy, of course, um, going from Aea to, uh, what is that? Not Manoa, but just past that. Moilili, yeah, Moilili. Um... <clears throat> I'm just like it's it's like in my mind I'm seeing it kind of as a Wes Anderson movie and so <laughs> when it was after like got there gave gave the the lady at the desk the bird and um, she was like oh thank you so much for bringing him in I'm like it's gonna be okay right and she's like actually probably not it's like what <laughs> don't tell me that no <laughs> but you know, I didn't I didn't respond quite like that but she could tell I was crestfallen yeah. and she's like but it's better that you brought him in because we can help him humanely instead of being because him dying like, in the heat in the heat or yeah. by one of the neighborhood cats yeah. or something playing like that playing with him not killing him just yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah so <sighs> yeah so I started uh, then writing a screenplay based on that you know kind of in the style of Wes Anderson because I love Wes Anderson's films nice um, so working on that we gotta work on that we gotta put, bring it up to the group Okay. I think that's a cool idea. I love it. I love it. Right it's funny I have an idea for an ending. It's your ending so I won't tell you but I have an idea for something. Okay. Um, um, 
But then, like, uh, also, uh, now that back in school, I'm taking some production classes. We have to, in one class, we have to do three short films in the next couple months. Um, this, this first one I'm working on is, is fairly, definitely going out there. I've never done anything quite like this, where um, I, I took, take some inspiration from a very old silent film, The Four Troublesome Heads. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember who did it. Not Lumiere. Someone. Some guy. Back in, like... The it's Lumiere. Years. It's very early. Yeah, yeah well, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. in that time frame. Yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. A, a contemporary of his, um, of theirs. Um, he basically like pulls his head off and sets it down on a table. I know. I've seen that flick. Yeah, I've, seen, I've seen that. Yeah, it's so, hilarious. Yeah. And, and in those days, that was crazy talk. I know. Yeah, that's right. I know. Matter of fact, I saw that in the film program I was in. They showed that. To no us. kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just, I was just in awe, like how he did that without computers, like all with film. How did he even? have the you know just the foresight or uh, insight to, to, even to do that kind of thing to manipulate the images he saw it for what it was and just had a, a ball with it and it's fantastic and, and at that time cameras were just kind of they were just filming things like mm-hmm. horses running and th- th- there wasn't any they weren't even thinking about trickery right so you're right to even think that far yeah, yeah, yeah it's pretty cool so uh, this one uh, film I want to do for my personal statement project is uh, me in my mind with other heads that are my heads floating around like and so it's like show visualizing uh, talking with like self-doubt or guilt or um, other like you know inner voices that kind of kind of mess yeah. with you because that's, that's kind of been my history um, but you know not sometimes when I'm conceptualizing it it gets a little heavy handed a little serious blah, 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 but I want to keep it light also not for light's sake but to you know, in in a way of being able to laugh at this kind of stuff, taking away its power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand. Yeah, not, not getting captive to those thoughts and feelings again. As I'm so, so is it is it as abstract as I'm picturing it, or is there is it not as super abstract? It's super abstract, it's like yeah, trippy yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and crazy. And so I've got a, a, a I just got a green screen bodysuit, um, so I can like you know just have my head. It's awesome. I have one by the way. Oh, no kidding. If, if you need another one for somebody okay. to, walk, to walk around you right to pull things off and stuff. Okay, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. awesome. Those are hard to light. Be ready. Oh, they're, yeah. they're very hard to light because it's the shadows and right here and everything's a little weird. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's one thing I want to do too. And then uh, one thing I've kind of had in mind, which I want to use for my final project, is. No, I'm going to interrupt real You know, you're welcome to use my green screen in my garage to shoot oh, that if you need to. Yeah, okay. I have it set up. It's a rolls down. Yeah. It's light. We have lights for it. Boom, boom. So if you need that, you can use it. Okay, cool. cool. Talk about that. So your other project you were saying? Mike. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, okay, so I've had this, like, epic saga going through my mind for, since I was 14, um, but this... Short that film, means it's great. <laughs> well, I say that because that means you've thought about it for years, which means you've been able to massage it and figure it out and think it through. And yeah, new yeah. ideas I, are coming out how to, how to get into it, because it's always been this thing, like, how do I even break into my own idea and, and make it real for the world? And so I've got this idea for this short. It involves, like, the whole concept involves, like, different worlds, parallel universes and stuff. And so it's these, uh, I think for this, it would be best just to have two people stuck in a room, and it's kind of a little horror thing, um, where uh, this one this one guy is like a, a military volunteer, it's a covert um, experiment operation yeah. you volunteer for, and then there's this other woman who's in there who has some weird stuff going on with her and then just going through the process of them figuring out where they are what's going on and the woman as she was drugged her drugs wore off and uh, she is able to tell the guy like what's going on and some really weird stuff and then she starts transforming into this evil looking creature and uh, then it ends 
on a dark note. You do like Wes Craven. <laughs> I kind of do, yeah. <laughs> so it ends on a dark note. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But um, so you already have your three your three projects kind of in your head. You're probably ten steps ahead of everybody in the classroom. I've been thinking about this for a while. Yeah, 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 yeah. That that comes with some age and some wisdom. Mm. You know, a lot of you guys in your class, I'm sure, are younger, early twenties. Yeah, like early twenties, and they want to film their friends skateboarding, and they will. You'll see. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My program was like that too. It was like everybody's out doing these little things. I'm going, okay, how can I make this? I flip for a, 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 the, the final film for our program. Uh. It had to be. No more than 15 minutes, I think it was, or mm-hmm. I think 10 minutes actually. And mine was 22. I'll explain mm-hmm. that in a minute. Yeah. But, and I flew to California because my sister's a great actress. So wow. we, I flew to California and we set her living room. And I, I mean, I'll show you this short film. I actually, with our group that we, we've been talking about, uh-huh. Cliff and I've been in a group we've talked about well, one time. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, um, I, I want to reshoot it. I think it's a really cool story. But mm-hmm. I, I was taking it very seriously from that moment. I was like, no, this has got to be great. As a matter of fact, when, the, when I showed it, the teacher was like, oh, my God. And he said, but you know you're going to fail mm. uh, because it, the, the parameter was 10 minutes. And I said, well, I pulled him aside and said, look, I respect you giving me an F on time, <laughs> mm-hmm. but you can't fail me because my film, <laughs> it has this, 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 and this. And Because the idea was to showcase what we got. Mm. I said, if you fail me, I said, you're going to – so he ended up giving me an A in the class. Because nice. like, he's like, you know what, you're right. Mm-hmm. The reality is, is that – and from there, I, I just – we got to make films that we're capable to make. There was, yes. there, there was. I, I don't know which director said it. You might even know. Said if you're going to make films, make it within your, not just your budget, but within your means. Mm-hmm. Um, meaning, and it's what I did. God as a dog. Matter of fact, I got hurt. I don't remember. What he said. And he said, you know, if you're going to make Star Wars, he said, if you write Star Wars, you can't make it. Don't make it. It's going to look like shit. Mm-hmm. He said, but if you have a dog, make a film about a dog because you have a dog. And I had a dog. Yeah. I do have a dog, Daddy-O. Love my dog. Love you, Daddy-O. The best dog in the world to all you people out there. But, um, but then I, I heard him say that. I thought, you know what? That's great. So then I wrote God is a Dog mm-hmm. and uh, put my dog in it. And I, I just, that's, Polygus Smooch is it's within the realm of what I can do financially and with people and what we can get. And sometimes I spend too much on an episode, then my wife and I have discussions. But um, I mean, we're spending probably now a couple grand an episode, maybe a little bit more, maybe three, uh, just depending. And, and, and most of that goes to craft services because, you know, we'll have 30, 20 people on set sometimes, and that's 500 bucks, yeah. four, four or 500 bucks to feed everybody. Um, uh, and I like to feed people good. I think that's sure. the right way to do it. Mm-hmm. But to me, you got to make films about what you what you can do, and I like that's why I like what you're doing is the idea of the the room with the man and the woman. That that's a very doable, and and you can make it beautiful because you have the right cameras. You can right. do all that. If if you try to make Star Wars, mm-hmm. it's just gonna look shitty. Yes, because you don't have the means to do it. You don't got the graphics guys. You don't got all that stuff. So. Mm-hmm. That's awesome, brother. I'd love talking more about those when we're off. That's awesome, man. Yeah. That's freaking great. Yeah, yeah. I didn't yeah. know you had that many in the can. Or yeah. Or in the pipe. Pipeline, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, God is a Dog. What's, what's that about? I've heard of it, haven't seen it. I it's, think I've seen a trailer. It's funny because God is a Dog is not a film that I would typically, when I think of like what I like to make, yeah. um, it's just a, it's a cute little film about, it's interesting because I wrote the story about this the guy and his dog and then the guy, they go on a walk mm. I can tell now, but the guy ends up dying while he's throwing stick with the dog and then they have a funeral we have a really great, the funeral scene we have a drone shot of a, you know the mm. surfer funeral, the sur- surfers out in the ocean uh-huh. a circle and putting ashes in the water oh, wow. have a big scene in there where we do that and we, the, the guy who dies he wrote, he, in, in the beginning he writes a poem called God is a Dog, mm. which my dad wrote Oh. So when I wrote the story, I originally think I gotta have him write something. What can I write? And I went, oh, my dad's poem got us a dog. So I put that in. I became the title of the movie, right? But in the mo- in the poem, he says um, he stays by your side through thin and through thick to the very last throw of the very last stick, mm-hmm. is one of the lines. And when 
the dog in the movie hears that at the funeral. He jumps off the surfboard and he swims and he swims back to the place. Mm-hmm. He finds the river. So it's, it's just a cute little story. Aww. Yeah, it's a really, really, you, you'll, 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 you'll cry. It's a tearjerker. But, but it's a real, it's, it's more, I, I think of it more of a, uh, as a festival kind of film. It really is. Most shorts are, but yeah. um, uh, it's, it's not my normal style. It's, it's not, not that I'm an edgy guy, but it's not edgy at all. And I tend to like mm. my, my directors I like are David Lynch, mm. Tarantino. Mm-hmm. Um, Django to me is one of the greatest movies ever made. Mm-hmm. I know it's a weird thing, but, but my favorite movie of all time though is Willy Wonka and the Chalk Factory. So. <laughs> the original, but that's a different story. Mm. But God is, a, it's just kind of a, it's almost more of a tone poem. It's, it, it, there, there's dialogue and there's this, 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 this relationship with this man and his dog, basically. Mm. And, how the dog is just always there for him, kind of a moment. Yeah, awesome. Um, but like, I did a short called "The Bunker," which I don't think you've seen. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna send you a link to that. Nice. It's in the festival circuit now. It's only getting into one, and I don't know, imagine it getting into too many more. Okay. It's a really, it's a 22 minute. Um, it's one of the things I'm probably the most proud of, and proud of for different reasons. Mm. It's not the perfectly made film, but I'm proud because my my wife's parents have a cabin in Tahoe, and they have this garage that's attached to it that looks like a fallout bunker. Mm. Uh, well. I made it look like one. <laughs> they, they let me, t- I tore up the carpet and did everything to it. But ultimately it was just me and my sister for five days. They let us shoot up there in this cabin. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I wrote this script called The Bunker. It's about a woman who kills her husband in, in this bunker, a fallout shelter. Mm-hmm. And it, it starts with her trying to get out in the code, trying to get the, unlock the code. There's, okay. a, there's, a, there's a, um, an alarm, like a security code on the door. Mm-hmm. And she's inside trying to do it. And all of a sudden the camera pans back and you see that he has an ax in his head. Oh. So she killed him. All of a sudden she realizes that he was in the process of changing the the, the security code uh-huh. when she killed him. Oh. We was writing it down because he had changed it. So she can't get out. Uh-huh. So she has to figure out how to get rid of the body before she can get out, before she can call cops. Otherwise it's a dead body. Yeah. So it's really, really, so the reason why I'm proud of it is because I wrote it, I built the set. I typically build all of our sets. I love building sets. Mm-hmm. But I wrote it, I did the sets, I did the costuming. My sister acted in it. She helped with the writing a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I did all the camera, I did all the lighting, I did all the editing, I did the color correction. So I did 100, you know, typically when you say I did the, everything, yeah. you don't. There's other people helping. I yeah. literally did everything, even from buying, I can't, I don't want to ruin the film for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and I literally did, the only thing I did not do was, I didn't do the music soundtrack. There's a local guy here, I don't know if he was named Dane Nevis, do you know who he is? Mm-hmm. You might want to interview him. He's great. He works for Lello. He is his. That's the downstairs guy, dog. Oh. He's a German Shepherd. Yeah. Uh, but it. He he does. He specializes. He does puppets. He, he has these short films with puppets. In oh them. yeah 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 I yeah heard yeah, of him. yeah yeah. Uh, the Poison Apple was one. Mm-hmm. It's got a lot of awards. He's been a million festivals and all that stuff. Well, he did a thing at HFC, which is uh, for all you listeners, Hawaii Film Collective, which I love, a local mm-hmm. film group. Mm-hmm. And he showed a couple of his films, and I was. While the films were great, I was blown away by the soundtracks. I was mm-hmm. like, so I talked to him after. I said, who did the soundtrack? He said, he did. And I went, wow. would you be interested in doing? And I actually paid him. I never paid, you know, I, I think uh-huh. I paid him $200. He said he would do it for 100 and I think I gave him 3 if I remember right, because yes. he did such a good job. Yeah. But I, the movie itself is, it's shot kind of like old Twilight Zone. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not black and white. I thought about that, but it's, I, I, I colored it so it looks almost chroma color. Okay. But it's shot like that, meaning there's long shots, and it's just her. It's, mm-hmm. just, it's the only actress is, is my sister plus the dead guy, and I play the dead guy. I'm the, I'm the cutaway to me, but I, you don't even. I'm in it like four times, mm-hmm. but I don't obviously I don't say anything. I'm dead. Yeah. But um, it's it's just but but it, it's just this weird kind of slow moving 
Twilight Zone kind of thing, and you think, well, oh my God, and it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. <laughs> and there is a great conclusion at the end that you're just going to love, I think. <laughs> but it's just an extremely dark kind of comedy mm-hmm. that I don't think festivals like so much. <laughs> well, well, that and also the length of it. I'm learning for filmmakers out there, if you want to get your films into festivals mm. and you're doing a short, you, t- you really need to stay about 14 minutes and less. Yeah. If you're 22, if you're over that, they don't know where to fit you. Yeah. So, yeah, because if it's a shorts thing, there'll be like 10 shorts for an hour, mm. hour and a half thing, right? Mm. Or they might put a short in front of a feature and a short after a feature at a film okay. festival. Mm. With a 22-minute film, they don't know where to put it. Mm-hmm. If you put it in the middle of a shorts, then you only get three other shorts out of that hour and a half show kind of mm. thing, right? So, um, that's why nobody's showing it. No, <laughs> no but I, I've sent it out. It's still it, it'll get in a few more festivals. There's horror festivals, mm. but it doesn't even fit that genre. But it kind of does. Mm-hmm. It's just a really weird film. Okay. Yeah, cool. I, I, I'm going to send you a link later on to watch right. it. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 real. I, I'm very proud of it. Uh-huh. it, it, it for, knowing the the shoestring budget that we did on, and not one other person in the room. But I mean, I mean, we would literally. This is this is crazy. We would get up at about five. She'd go for a walk with her dog. Mm-hmm. I'd go jump in the lake, and then about seven, we'd eat something to eat. And about seven o'clock, we'd start filming, and we wouldn't stop till about two in the morning, three wow. in the morning. We, it was just her and me. So it'd be like, okay, and we would be, and we literally locked ourselves in this room. So she became like this crazy lady, uh-huh. and she's that kind of actress. She mm-hmm. kind of absorbs the whole scene, right? right. And so she became useless, and we know that. When I work with her, I don't, I don't expect her. She can't really, you know, in that kind of setting, you expect everybody, even the actress, to move the lights and stuff. Oh yeah, I can't expect that from her typically because mm-hmm. she kind of gets so into character, and mm-hmm. I let it go. Mm-hmm. But anyway, look for the bunker. All right. Uh. <laughs> awesome. Um, I was curious, um, just with the, the title "God Is a Dog," and then you mentioned you did mission work in yeah. South America, and I. I'm seeing um, a surfing Jesus around here, and <laughs> I, de- I didn't think it was really ironic, but like you know, some sort of affection and you know, some Christian imagery in here, as well as uh, devils uh, and skulls and stuff. All the above. I dig it. And Buddha. Yes, yes, indeed. I was raised Catholic, very Catholic. Okay. Now, when I say very Catholic, I don't mean like strict. Like my grandmother was very Catholic. Mm. Um, my dad was in the seminary, Catholic seminary, to be oh, a wow. priest for eight years. Wow. So he was one year away from being a Franciscan monk, huh. and. Uh, so he, but he's also extremely liberal. So he's not like he's a uber conservative Catholic guy, mm-hmm. but yeah, he's just yeah. My dad's an interesting guy. In the seminary, he didn't talk for two years. They had a vow of silence for two years. Wow. Talk, yeah, crazy. Um, just a really philosophical man who, who just has been a writer his whole life. Prolific. He's written I can't tell you how many songs and poems my dad has written. Mm-hmm. Short stories, poems, um, plays. Just written so much. He hasn't really done much with it. You know, just kind of a writer. Sure. Um, and my mom. She was a nurse who was just probably the most loving, caring, warmest person you could ever imagine. Our whole family was built not about succeeding or money. Mm-hmm. Our whole family, five brothers and sisters total, we were all about treating people good. My mm-hmm. dad would say, when you're down, you need to go you need to go and help somebody else. That's the only way to get yourself up. So like I would be in high school, I'd be tight about girlfriends and crying. Mm-hmm. I would literally bike to an old folks home where I visited these elderly folks and it would get me in such a good mood and I'd leave and that's just kind of where I went hmm. got me into special ed because at the time I was like dad I want to work at the special olympics so then I do the special olympics on the weekends and all that yeah. stuff and um our whole family is like that we just kind of I mean we're not we're not saints by any stretch of the fucking imagination I don't mean to sound like that but <laughs> but my upbringing my, my, my dad was always and my mom keeps saying my dad but my dad and my mom were always about treating 
Christmas time, you know, we always had homeless guys at our house that we'd bring in. Um, wow. Yeah, yeah, we were just kind of like that family. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's the real definition of a saint is someone who actually shows and lives love. And you know. Well, then I'm a saint, and so are you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you podcasters, you, you're listening to a saint. You are now, I, I bless thee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I grew up Protestant, and so my mom did too. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I've always kind of viewed like Protestant as the more conservative, Catholics as the more liberal. Um, it's interesting. Yeah, I always think Catholics is very liberal. I mean, yeah. conservative. Huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, and then that's you know, interesting. Growing that up and seeing this, it's much more nuanced than that. There are you know liberal Christians and whatever. Um, but I've also um, in my you know spirituality has always been. It's been so ingrained in me since I was a kid. Um, I've tried abandoning it a couple times. I just can't. Um, but um, I've, I've been drawn more towards uh, some more Catholic teachings. And um, Have you heard of Richard Rohr? Oh, you, oh my God. Yeah. My dad, uh-huh. he's on this rage right now on Richard Rohr. Uh-huh. He writes, so my dad has a, a website called The Journey. Oh. It's, it's only specific. He sends out to family. It's a little, it, it, he writes poems and stuff. Rohr is all my dad li- reads right now. He, he thinks Rohr is the greatest thing in the world. Yeah. My dad loves a new pope. He's very liberal. Mm-hmm. Respect. Yeah. You like, oh my God, I can't wait to tell my dad <laughs> that you brought up Richard Rohr. He, I can't even tell you how much excited my dad is about Richard Rohr. Right yeah. Now. It's his new hero. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he, he's trying to flip things around, though, in the yeah. church. Yeah. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I first heard of him uh, on a couple different podcasts over the last couple of years, and just really dig it. And uh, recently, I've been—I I found myself kind of in a, a, a rut of sorts, uh, or feeling like I was in like a creative, spiritual, whatever yeah. inner, inner rut. And so I've been getting his emails. I just haven't been reading them. And finally, a couple weeks ago, I was like, I'm going to start reading these stupid things. And it just has really helped turn things around for me internally. How do you get those? To... Can you show me how you got those? I don't know if yeah. my dad even knows that's even accessible. Oh, yeah, totally. Oh, my God. Yeah, my dad would pee his pants if he could get that every day. <laughs> Is it like an everyday thing or once mm-hmm. a week? Really? Daily, yeah. Oh, my God. My dad will pee his pants. Because <laughs> he's reading his books right now. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and he's just, oh, yeah, oh, my God. Yeah, that's yeah. great. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, that, that's, that's, that's my experience and uh, being drawn more towards a more liberal mindset or whatever I am. Not a fan of labels and just like saying, you know, defining a person by a single term or, or whatever, but just for ease of... Just for ease of understanding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I, I'm with you on that one. I'm not... We... Uh, it's funny because I've... As I got older, I, you know, I, I don't go to church at all anymore, really. Mm-hmm. I suppose I go on, well, like Easter and Christmas, I'm one of those guys. But we don't even always go to a Catholic church. We'll go to a, 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 a down on the beach somewhere where some Christians are throwing, because I like the, nice. the, the, the spirituality of it all, right? Yeah. But I, I, I've explored and really dug into, through my travels, I've, I've read the Quran, I've read mm-hmm. the uh, Buddhism. I'm really, I'm really kind of getting, I, I did a... Um, not last summer, but the summer before, I did a Vipassana. You ever Vipassana? Mm-hmm. Vipassana is a style of meditation, mm-hmm. but they have uh, Vipassana centers all over the world. There's a couple hundred of them. Mm-hmm. But they have these things, these 10-day retreats. They're silent retreats, so you don't talk for 10 days. Uh. And, uh, you, and you meditate. And when I say it's, it's called noble silence, so you don't actually... The, the other men at the place, or, or women, mm-hmm. we're separate actually. When you you don't open doors for people, when you eat, you don't talk, you don't say excuse me. You mm-hmm. just so it's. But we meditate from like five in the morning till about nine at night. Actually, wow. four in the morning till nine at night. Mm-hmm. There's a couple breaks in there, and I, I, I love. I, I, I don't know. I have a, I have a weird sense that the concept of Jesus and Buddha. Mm-hmm. I have I, I don't know why they can't just be the same dude or, yeah. the, or the same soul. I don't know why people can't put that together because mm-hmm. because to me. Jesus' message wasn't about believing in him, like, and I no disrespect to Borean Christians or people that really push that message. Sure. 
to me, his message was when he said, believe in me, he was saying the way I treat people, the way I live. And Buddha lived the exact same way. And yeah. it does, it makes sense to me that Jesus would come in one form to one region and a different form to a different region mm-hmm. to, to just meet the specific looks and needs of that region. And why couldn't I, their messages are so damn similar. Mm-hmm. It's all about kindness and, yeah. and, and being with people. I mean, Buddha's about being in the moment, but really Jesus was too. Jesus was about being with people and being present yes. and, and not and being ready for people mm-hmm. so you can help them. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, totally. I don't know why people think it has. That, that's my issue with religion is the separation of, mm-hmm. well, our religion's right. I think, well, yours is the same as. It's the same. It's just different languages. Well, it's like they get a certain understanding of it, and it makes sense, and it seems to make sense in yeah. larger context, and so, like, this is it. Yeah. And there's yeah. no budging from it, yeah. because the stakes are so high. It's eternal life. You know? Right, and if you're wrong, yeah, right, right. Yeah. Maybe I'm hedging my bets. Maybe uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe that's what I'm saying. Just hedge your bets. Believe in them all. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, my... I hit something. It might be the table. Oh. Sorry. Oh, no, that's, that's, I thought I heard like music or something. It was outside. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Um, actually, I just finished uh, reading. Have you heard of Rob Bell? A mm-hmm. uh, really cool cat. Uh, he, is, he was big in the mainstream Protestant church for a while. Um, and then he wrote a book about how he doesn't think. I think. Well, I'm, I'm halfway, about a quarter of the way through the book. Where, like, everyone may not necessarily go to hell because. What would a loving God actually do? And he actually makes a very compelling argument for it. But he just wrote another book uh, about the Bible, and it's super good. And he just talks about how examining the origins and, and roots of it and like how it actually came into being, how it was written by real people in real circumstances that are really different from what we're in now, yes. and how it, it's just basically a, a literary analysis, I think. Good. And um and historical analysis, yeah. uh, and it's just really super interesting. Like the whole term "son of God" was actually a counter uh, propaganda thing to the Roman um, narrative of how uh, all the the Caesars were sons of God. And uh, oh, you, really? If you wanted to like really get people behind a certain individual, you would politically, politically almost po- politically. Yeah, he's a son of God. Oh, well, well, I'll back him. Really, I didn't know that. Yeah, and like they just really exaggerate a person's birth circumstances and say he's son of the gods or whatever. And yeah. um, and so when Jesus comes along, he's like, or, or how his people represented him. Um, the people actually wrote the gospels. Yeah. Like, you know, they use that to counter the message um, that you know, oh, this guy is the son of God, and so people might not have necessarily literally believed that. Um, but right, right. instead, you know, used it to, to follow him and his message of peace through love as opposed to peace through military might was very politically charged. And since he was going against the, the empire's narrative, he got killed. Right, right. It's weird because any of the people that will argue that the, 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 the apostles wrote that, the, the God, God came through them and wrote the, the scripture, and the, you know, that's, that's, that's the other side of it. And right. I, I don't know. I, I, I honestly don't know. What, but I but what I do know is is I, I don't like, and this I agree with. I don't like modern times interpreting the Bible mm. in in ways that fit it, it, like like the like like the the sodomy the sodomy scene and so, the sodomites and the whole the homosexuality and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. It was it was a time when people just didn't know any different about that culture. Yeah. And 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 there were righteous people that thought, oh, we just did, did the same way there are now. You know, I, I think homosexuals should go to hell or burn in hell. It's it's. 
I, I don't I don't hold it against people that have those feelings. I, I'm, yeah. I'm one of those guys. That I really really believe that we're victims of circumstance and how we're raised. Mm. And whether you're raised in the ghetto or if you're raised in the South and you're and I'm not excusing white supremacists. I don't want to be that guy. I'm not saying yeah. there's both sides. That's not what I'm getting at. Right. I'm not a Trumpite at all. Yeah. I'm not, don't go political, but mm. I'm not. But I do. If you're raised in a way of believing, I, I think the way to get people to come around to accepting people is just being with people. Yeah. You know, not preaching at them, not yelling at them, not throwing stones, just be in the room with them, man. Mm-hmm. And just, just talk to them and realize, oh, fuck, this guy's struggling just like I am. And, and oh, he loves and he hates and he, all of it. I, I don't, I just think goodness, my dad's favorite saying of all time was a Kurt Vonnegut saying that said, I, I don't, I don't say the word G damn, mm-hmm. God. I just don't, but my dad does, but I don't, I don't know why. It's one of those. It's the only thing I don't say. I don't know why. It's one of those things. But the quote is, and I'm going to bastardize it a little bit, but it's, welcome to the world, babies. It's cold in the winter and warm in the summer. summer. Um, it gets dark at night. Da, da, da. The only thing I can tell you is, damn it, you've got to be kind. Hmm. It, it, the whole quote, it's a very s- short quote. It just says, the only thing I tell you is, damn it, you've got to be kind. My dad thinks that's the single greatest quote of all time anyone's ever said anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I agree with him. It's, it's such a... It breaks it down to, yeah, it's cold, this and that. We need food, we need water. But damn it, you got to be kind. Yeah. And that's just it. Mm-hmm. That's it. I get the chills thinking about it. I think of my dad and my mom. I keep not saying my mom. I know that's very odd because my mom was a huge influence on our family. Mm. She was the warm one. My dad's the crazy one. <laughs> yes, dad, I called you crazy. <laughs> he knows. <laughs> right on. Yeah. Uh, cool. So what else you got we got in the works? Wow. Um, I got, um, oh. since we're talking film, and I'll just answer it, my, my sister Amy and I, uh, we wrote a short, uh, I'm sorry, a feature called Milky. Um, we're shopping it right now. Um, we actually have some pretty good hits on it. Zo- Zoe, uh, what's the actress's name from a- Avatar? Yeah, Saldana. We actually, her management, they, they've looked at the, the what, do we, what do you call it? Treatment. The treatment, thank you. And <clears throat> they asked if we could write another part to fit in a stronger black woman in the role. Mm. And so we were like, okay, so we just finished that rewrite. So we don't, it's a Western. It's a Western, Milky is uh, a white woman prostitute. Mm-hmm. It's kind of Django-esque mm-hmm. um, when I say that, but the hero, is the heroine is a woman who, uh, who's a, bro- she's a prostitute who ends up saving. It's, it's a cool, great, beautiful story. Mm-hmm. There, there's a lot to it. And so we built in a, a scene for her. She, she ends up working through the Underground Railroad to save people, but so we built in Zoe's character, which nice. we're hoping, as, as kind of a sidekick to Milky's wow. kind of thing. Yeah, that's what we're hoping. Yeah, yeah. So look out for Milky. <laughs> yeah, we'll cross our fingers. Yeah, yeah. Right on. Yeah. Dude. Yeah, like, uh, that might be my, like, a great distance away from that, but, like, how do you even get to that spot where you can shop stuff around? Like, how do you get into... Well, you got to write it first. Of course. I know, no, I know it seems obvious, but 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 what happens is, like, like with Potlery Smooch, one of the unique things that we have is we have a product now. Mm-hmm. Most people go in with pitching an idea and say, hey, I have this idea for a show. Mm-hmm. We literally have a product. We have six episodes that are almost done and edited, so we can, so that's it, right? So with Milky... Funny enough, my, my in-laws, again, at their cabin in Tahoe, they, my sister and I, we asked, we, they let us use their cabin for a full month, and we went in there, we knew we wanted to write a, show, a thing called Milky, we already had outlined it, and we, it's same, it's crazy, we, we literally, we'd wake up at five in the morning, same routine, mm-hmm. we'd start writing at eight, we'd get in a big fight at nine, <laughs> almost every single morning, <laughs> we'd, we'd have mimosas, uh-huh. we'd almost always get in a fight in the morning, and uh, one of her friends also represent, it represents Zoe. And that's kind of how we got in there. So this woman, I can't remember her name, she read the script and said, oh my God, this is, because it's, 
it's a play between the lead is a white woman, mm-hmm. but it, but the the heroes are all slaves or escape slaves. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the Smilky kind of comes along. There's a big gunslinging scenes, but it's it's kind of this intertwined. So it's very tight. It's good. It's a great movie. I think it's great. Nice. And that's how we got there. I don't I don't know where it's going just yet. We rewrote it. Um, we got it. We we're just now. I think Amy Amy's my sister by the way. Mm-hmm. I, she got it back to. Uh, her friend who was getting it back to Zoe's representation I, th- I think right about now is what I I don't know my sister had a few things she was going to work on so she's done a couple reading groups in, the, in LA the kind of read throughs and to, to feel out flows and all that stuff so I don't know I, someone told me a while back it, it is, is in film and television and anything every single every single film that has ever been made mm-hmm has been made differently than the one before it. Sure. The, even the same directors and crew and group, mm-hmm. it always changes. So the way financing came in, the way you got your foot in the door, and it's very frustrating because you think, okay, you know what, I'm gonna read a bunch of books, I'm gonna figure out how to break this nut. Right. And then every book, at the end of it always says, now, that of course applied to this movie. Yours yeah. is gonna be, and you're going, no! <laughs> you know what I mean? Because financing might come from me, it might come from an outside financer, it might come, who knows where it comes from. And, um, my wife's going to work out. That's her moped. Oh. <laughs> um, but I think, so, sorry, so that's that's how we got to where we're at. It's just kind of luck. Yeah. Uh, and I want to say, well, it's luck and hard work because we worked hard at it. Yeah. We've rewritten the story even before we got to the Zoe issue. We, her and I had rewritten it over, we wrote it, I think it was, it was two years ago. Hmm. Maybe two, three years ago we wrote it. Mm-hmm. And we've been, you know, we don't, we don't think it needs to be perfect to get it out there, but we just decided it was time to have people start reading it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, the first one of the first people who read it said, "This is epic. I, I think we know somebody who might be interested in this." So, nice. um, yeah. So we'll see. Milky. I know one thing that I've I have struggled with is um, timing, or not timing, as in like, are you in the right place at the right time? But the the length of time these things take. Yeah. You know the pro. You're right. You think you're going to write it and start doing it right away. Yeah. Fuck movies like King Kong have been working on. They've been working on it for like ten years. Wow. It's, well, I don't know about King Kong. Okay. Right? So that, that was a bad example. I, I don't want to say if anybody out there going, oh, he's wrong. I don't know about that. But you're sure. right though. Well, you just said it yourself. You you had an idea since you were 16, mm-hmm. or what, what, uh, what was 14. 14. Yeah. You, think of that. In a weird way, you've been working on that in your head that you've yeah. been just kind of playing with it all along. Uh-huh. Probably with Smooch, I, I shot the intro three years ago, two and a half, three years yeah. ago, and we hadn't even touched even looking at it as an episode. I just mm-hmm. shot it thinking maybe something will happen with this. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but you're right, though, because the financing coming through, um, casting, obviously. Um, the key would be, like, if we got someone like Zoe as a, could you imagine, the, we, we would get funding. Yeah. And that, that's the key. We have somebody locked in. Sure. Right? So. Well, I'm accustomed to also, like, working by myself. Exactly. And not really with anyone else. And so when I, and, you know, it never occurred to me that, oh, this is going to take time. Because, you know, you read about other, like, you know, feature films or whatever, and it's like, it's like years or, you know, short films took months or whatever. But it's like, it's just me. There's no reason I can't get this done super fast. But then <laughs> totally. when, you're, when you're wearing everything, all the hats, then, yeah, they kind of weigh you down. And, and then your baby starts crying. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and your wife says, excuse me, why don't we fix the <laughs> right? I mean, truthfully. Yeah, It's yeah. all that shit, yeah. Um, and so, like, uh, uh, Golden's Curse, short film I started last March, a year ago, March. Um, I was trying to do it for a, a short film competition, like, you know, three-minute short film, but, of course, shot way too much footage. The, the script itself was just too dense and, like, um, didn't actually get to edit it until this past summer. 
Yeah, so shot it March 2016, yes. finally edited June 2017, and now um, need to, you know, make a 3D model of the, the golem itself and, and learning all that. And actually now, I wasn't going to, but now I'm going to go back and ADR the whole thing because the sound is all crappy. Uh, so um, That's the way it goes, man. And that's yeah. it. Yeah. And when you're doing it all, you and it, you, I'm I'm super lucky and blessed is the right word and lucky or all the above sure uh, my wife she she does she works for Hewlett Packard she does fairly well mm. um, and we have some good investments mm-hmm. but we're not rich by any stretch of the imagination yeah. it, it, but and it's getting less and less because <laughs> I keep pulling it out but when we, a couple of years back when I said this is what I'm going to do uh-huh. um, and I pretty much said I'm going to do this no matter what I didn't like it, it wasn't like we weren't at an ultimatum in America it wasn't that place right. but I've just come to the place where I, I need to be artistic all the time mm. I need to create all the time so I am at the leisure where I work on Polygon so much 24-7 almost. Nice. I mean, and I don't work any other job. I, I take jobs. Like, I just worked on Ball and the Family. Yeah. <laughs> that new show that's coming out. I, I work on shows as they come through and this and that here and there. But I don't, I, I don't take everything that comes by because, mm-hmm. like you said earlier in the beginning of this conversation, it could take three to four months mm-hmm. to work on some, another project. And then how do I do this, right? Yeah. So I'm lucky. Uh, mm-hmm. And it still is taking us a shitload of time. Yeah. Um, well, because... I'm not paying the crew, right? meaning so. It, if I it, once we get signed, which is the goal, yeah, I would love, and that's built into my pitch deck. How much it cost? I can then pay everybody so they can quit their jobs and we can make the show. That's the goal. Nice. And I think you need, and I think you are. You're biting the bullet one way or the other. What you you finish it. Yeah. The key is finishing it. Right. Everybody starts shit and they don't finish it. And finish it as best as you can. Exactly. And, and, and know what that means. Mm-hmm. Know that at this moment, what I'm doing is right and perfect. Mm-hmm. Because next year, you're going to, like, let's film God as a Dog. I'm not God as a Dog. Uh, a Home Called Hunger. Oh, yeah. Um, which I'm going to probably rename. But the one I shot when I was in the program, I love the story. Mm-hmm. And when I shot it, I thought it was brilliant. But when you look at it, it's it's, it's got issues, right? Sure. But... And I want to remake it just because I like the story, but I won't typically go back and remake stuff because mm-hmm. I don't think you need to, right? Yeah. Uh, but it's perfect for the moment. And, mm-hmm. and I think so many people get hung up on things being perfect. Now, sound being right is a different story. Yes. Sound being right and certain things have to be right, but mm-hmm. I think that people are wait too long for everything to lay, line up right. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, in production, the best way to get through a production is, and you know this, mm-hmm is to mitigate and plan for every possible thing to go wrong mm. so you're ready for the stuff that goes wrong that you didn't plan for. Yeah. So on set when you see people getting uptight because something goes wrong, I, I, I never understand that because mm. production is troubleshooting. Mm. That's all production is. Hmm. If, if, if production was just set up the lights and shoot, mm-hmm. it would be fast. Yeah. Right? <laughs> right? You don't, you, know, you don't go, oh shit, the jackhammer. Uh-huh. Wait, why didn't we get a call that they were jackhammering on the street today? Uh-huh. You know, and nobody's going to call you and tell you that. So right. you got to troubleshoot. you got to figure it out. Yeah. Um, and to me that when people get really uptight on sets about something going wrong major or minor I just kind of go that's different than getting tense that's yeah. a different thing mm-hmm. I, I just kind of go like why, why, why you didn't plan for this I, I, I look and go really can you really get mad at that You, if you plan for everything mm-hmm. then you have the time to fix the things that are going to go wrong because they're going right. to go wrong oh yeah <laughs> it always does absolutely yeah uh, have we gone too long? How long have yeah. we gone? Uh, I think we're about an hour and a half. Let's We've see. talked for an hour and a half? Yep. Hour 33 minutes. You're, you know what? To all you podcasters out there, <laughs> Cliff Bailey is about as easy to talk to as it gets. <laughs> I, I hate talking to people. I, I mean... Nothing personal, people. <laughs> but Cliff, I, I can't believe we've been here for an hour and a half. Yeah, it's crazy. Time flies. 
I honestly thought we we've been talking for about forty minutes, yeah. maybe thirty. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll just since we're wrapping up because it feels like we are. I'll get a quick promo: poliquismooch.com. Smooch is S W E. I'm sorry. <laughs> Smooch. <laughs> Smooch is now. Smooch is S M O O C H. No T in it. So people want to make it smotch with a T, like scotch. Oh, I don't know why people yeah, been trying to Pollock with Smooch. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it's a lovable stoner mm-hmm. and a chronic crew. It's just a funny little show about. A bunch of stoners trying to make an edibles cooking show, a tainted edibles cooking show. Looks and, and, you, and you get a recipe every episode. So it's a sitcom Practical. plus a cooking show. Yes. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had this idea the other day. Like, I don't know how you can incorporate it, but like, for like, I don't know, clips or something similar to Be Cool, Be Cool, um, highlights. Pollock with Smooch. Oh, highlights. I love that. No, I love that. I love that. Highlights. You know what? That would be a good release as far as like, because we're, we're going to start releasing little clips to kind of promote okay. the show. We call them highlights. Okay. Oh, highlights is great. It's I mean, yours. It's free. I, um, that's great. <laughs> highlights. That's bitching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. all right. Cool. Um, I think I want to use that Kurt Vonnegut. Like, I've, ever since I started this, I've wanted to have a little sign-off thing. Like, I've, I've inspired by The Nerdist, which always is like, enjoy your burrito, enjoy the moment. <laughs> um, and then, like, uh, Pete Holmes. Uh, you should listen to that podcast. That is the Pete big, Holmes? Yeah, you made it weird with Pete Holmes. He always ends up with Keep It Crispy. And I've been trying to think of something, and I think I'll do the Vonnegut. Be kind. Flow. I'll send it to you. We'll look it up. Yeah, yeah. Just look at Vonnegut, be kind. Damn it, be kind. But like, like, my sister has a production company in L.A. called Shut Up and Be Kind. That's ah. the name of a production company. Nice. Yeah, my production company is Benevolent Renegade Productions. Ah. So it's in my family. I mean, you know, it's it's I, the name Benevolent Renegade, I know is a long name benevolent renegade it's a lot of syllables it's but it's who i am it's it's, it's what awesome. it's yeah it's it's, it's a, yeah um and I, what's that it's badass yeah, yeah and i think i think being kind in every business whether it's film or anything is the right way to go and i'm not always perfect there, mm-hmm. there there's times where and i'll tell you what's tricky is is especially the way that we write polygraph smooch we have eight writers and it's been great mm-hmm. you, Taking ideas and not being able to take everybody's ideas is try. You know, you can't always be the nice guy. Being kind doesn't always mean always being nice. If that makes right. sense, mm-hmm. kind is a different thing. Being nice sometimes ruins product production, mm-hmm. not products, productions. Mm-hmm. Um, a mentor I work with said nobody likes the kind uh, the nice producer on set mm-hmm. because nothing gets done. Sure, you know, the, oh sure, come on over. That mm-hmm. kind of shit, you just don't get done stuff yeah. done. So. I, I think people need to re- realize that there's a difference between being kind and compassionate and caring mm-hmm. and also getting the job done at the same time. Right. You know, not the, but yes, I'm going to give you that. You look up that quote. Right. And I, I'm excited about, bro, uh, what's his name? Richard Roar. Roar. For, yeah. my, for my dad, the emails. He's going to be so excited. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, this has been fun. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, brother. Yeah. Do we sign off or anything? Or uh, ding, ding, dum, ding. Oh, that'll be, yeah, that'll be Okay. <laughs> But, um, yeah, let's, uh, let's use the new sign off if you don't mind. Uh, let's, damn it, be kind. Damn it, be kind. Right. I will. <laughs> All right. <laughs>